we're going to try this one now. <laughs> All right. Take two. <laughs> Congratulations. You found the season finale of Rock of Shame. Uh, to talk briefly about it, uh, for all of you who've been... What the fuck? <laughs> I'll be right back. The true season finale. Uh, for all you people who've been listening along, it's been awesome to listen along with all of you week after week after... He knows we've got all of this audio, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, this is going to be uh, the most free-flowing free episode. Absolutely. Due to unforeseen uh, and, and sort of immediate circumstances in my life and, uh, and uh, not very helpful circumstances in Drew's life as well, We've made the decision to rest the show for a number of weeks uh, slash months until it feels uh, uh, right to come back when we can all sort of devote our energies to this. I had a huge career opportunity sort of fall in my lap this week, and as a result, uh, I have to uh, pick my hobbies very carefully. Uh, and this show is uh, among the few Unfortunately. Where <laughs> Where I love, uh, yeah, the only unfortunate thing about uh, a very good situation for me. Um, I love making this show. Uh, the research phase particularly of this show is is the most easy and wonderful research phase of any podcast I've ever done. Uh, but uh, I just don't have the time to put uh, the time into it anymore. And it's not even just the research phase as much as it is uh, recording and then uh editing time and post-production and all of that stuff that goes into making this show. I'm just not going to have the time to do uh, for a little while until uh, my life evens out because right now I feel as though I am in some sort of uh, wild hurricane weather out in the water uh, trying to uh, trying to uh, take advantage of this new opportunity and, and recognize uh, where exactly it's going to level out for me. So I need to focus on that, make that happen, uh, and then maybe we can come back uh, and do a second uh, season of this sh show in the future. Uh, it's a bummer for me, particularly because uh, I was loving the uh, the workflow and everything like that. But uh, it is what it is due to due to life getting in the way, man. Um, but we're going to have a great time on this show. It's volume 17 of the Rock of Shame podcast, the backlog-busting, deep-diving music podcast where we discover something new every single week. I am your host, the bad boy Bryce Reed. I am joined by the one-minute man, Greg Plord. Oh, you motherfucker, I am not. <laughs> 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 hey, that's perfect timing by my phone. Yeah, dude, I love that your phone just went off right then. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. DJ Drew Peak. Yeah, that is me. I'm Mr. DJ. <laughs> if you're I'm also, glad the show's um, gonna be over. Fuck you. <laughs> Shoutouts to my uh, my previous cat who passed away several years ago, who tailored the name. Missy Elliott herself as well. Wow. Um, wow. She was an amazing cat, really sassy. And I'm sure she was looking down on us from kitty cat heaven as we <laughs> listened to put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. <laughs> uh, if you're new to the show, let me give you the good news. Each week, these three hot boys 
and sometimes guests, or, or though maybe maybe in season two we'll have a fucking guest. So like the musical artist. I'm about to say we've been advertising that this entire season is like what fucking guest? Never, <laughs> never. Uh, by sometimes I mean never. Uh, <laughs> or uh, we pick a musical group that we've never really listened to, and we spend the whole week immersing ourselves in the art, music, and culture of that artist, only to return here the following week and tell you all about it. You can listen along with us, and you can join our Discord community over at tinyurl.com slash rockofshame. That will stay open uh, throughout this season break for people to go and talk about music if they wish. Uh, and and our community will continue to uh, to have wonderful conversations over there about music. Music is better when you share it, and so is this podcast. Share us on Facebook. Tell your friends. Tweet us out at Rock of Shame. The perfect time to catch up on all 17 of our season one episodes uh, is during And the prologue, season. so technically 18. So we do end on an even number if we count that. (laughs) Uh, You uh, can usually watch this show record live Tuesday nights on twitch.tv slash thickboydrewski, but uh, not for a while. And most importantly for now, just subscribe on any platform that you listen to and uh, be there if we ever return uh, for season two. Don't worry, we will. We will. We yes, uh, uh, we intend to. <laughs> I will say we're gonna uh, return, guys. Don't worry. Let's start with new music. That's how uh, we usually start on this show. I have just one album I want to talk about. It's not strictly music, and I appreciate for break uh, or or I apologize for breaking the formula here. Uh, Richard Pryor live at the Comedy Store, nineteen seventy three, dropped this week on on Spotify. It's uh, a fascinating document of a wildly uh, influential and important stand-up comedian working in an environment you don't get to hear a lot of comedy albums from, which is to say uh, he's very clearly just going up at the store and uh, and working <laughs> working uh, uh, some stuff out, which is really, really cool to hear. There are huge swaths of the album where I don't even know if I would classify what he's doing as telling jokes all that much, as him just sort of getting lost in a little character he's doing in an effort to be funny in front of the crowd. Uh, and the crowd loves him so much because it's Richard Pryor and it's 1973 that it doesn't matter and the atmosphere is really beautiful and wonderful for this uh, little comedy album from the Comedy Store in 1973, man. It's uh, a really fascinating atmosphere to be brought into so many years later uh, via this recording. So super cool recording to hear this week. Music-wise, nothing came out that super interested me. I did listen to that new Bare Naked Ladies album, which I need to stop doing because every time they put out a new record, I'm like, maybe this one will be the one. They put out a new one? Yep, they put out a new one this week called... (sighs) I can't even fucking remember. It's not good. (laughs) Uh, They haven't put... I, I. you know, and I understand the situation that then went down with them and uh, their former other vocalist, uh, S- uh, Steven, I think his name was. Uh, but I don't think they've put out a good record since he left, and uh, that or that I enjoyed at the very least. And uh, I don't think that this one breaks that formula either. 
So that was the last uh, the last thing that I listened to that was new this week was was their new record. Uh, if you're maybe if you're a diehard or if you've really enjoyed this last era where it's just Ed and the other uh, guys, uh, then maybe check it out. Uh, but uh, for me, it was another uh, Bare Naked Ladies album that they put out that I was like, I uh, I'm waiting for you guys to find it again, and I don't think it's here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Drew, do you ha- do you want to d- uh, drop anything new? Talk about anything new? <clears throat> I I you've, was... been, you've been sick all week, right? Yeah, I mean, well, right before I got sick and I played out on Saturday, um, I played out on a pretty busy night and it was super dead for a bit. But luckily, um, near the end of the night, it really picked up. I was happy for that because I was playing with my buddy Meech. And I had found two songs that had just come out uh, by the powerhouses Glad Von Stroke and Walker and Royce that they had collaborated on. And I played both of the songs last night um, during uh, high midnight, high noon, high midnight hour, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so what the uh, track, the B-side was went pretty well. Their track that they made called Enthusiasm, though... Um, it went off like a fucking bomb in there. Um, the whole place just went ape shit. Um, oh, okay. It was, going off like a bomb is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, literally, people were just going crazy. Like, I saw, like, drenched shirts of people just sweating, just like, uh, <laughs> like just going crazy. So, um, like I've said many times before, dance music's better when you're dancing to it. Um, but if you want to listen to it in, like, a sitting yeah, Claude Von Stroke and Walker and Royce came out with two singles. Probably never going to be able to play them again because they're such popular artists. And I literally got these songs the day after they were they were released to play out. So I knew that pretty much no other DJ was going to have it. So I knew that I would be able to get away with it. But as a DJ, you try and like play stuff that's not super popular yet, um, or just I, stuff. I that's just like saved them on my Spotify because I'm definitely going to give that going to give that a try. I like the other one, the B-side one, more for listening, but the enthusiasm one just goes so crazy for, like, a, a club. And it makes sense, because, like, usually the one that I like more um, off of releases are usually the ones that are better just to listen to, and then the other ones that I th- am like, these are pretty, this one's pretty hype, but I don't like it as much for sitting and listening to it. It's probably because I'd rather be up just dancing to it or something, you know, with yeah. some lights going in a big sound system or something but different yeah. setting different circumstances uh they're very fun they're very um synth heavy uh with a lot of very weird sounds because both of them really like their weird sounds a lot of heavy low end um they're really good at making these really bassy low ends to their stuff um it's it's some fun fucking shit though uh if you're if you're able to hear it on a dance floor it's it's great. It's a fun one. To, it's some fun stuff to dance to. So that's pretty much all that was new that I've heard this week, I think. Yeah. So, Greg. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to be the one that's going to fill this section up plenty because Jesus goddamn Christ was plenty of things released that I enjoyed, primarily singles. Um, Album-wise, from what I heard, I was... I wasn't super blown away, but, I mean, a couple albums I will mention here. Uh, Descendants came out with a new one called Ninth and Walnut. Uh, that was pretty decent. I guess these were uh, based on recordings that they had like really early on before the Milo uh, goes to college days. Um, and they just re-recorded them. 
they're all right. Nothing super impressive. I mean, it's an older hardcore punk band doing older hardcore pop punky shit. Right. Um, so, you know, it's an Our Descends record. It's fine. Um, uh, Leon Bridges came out of a new record, um, Gold Diggers Sound. And that's pretty decent. Uh, I'm going to have to listen to it on better speakers, I think, because granted, a lot of what I heard was over my phone. But um, there's some nice funk and soul and blues kind of stuff. When he gets more into his funk and blues kind of groove, I like it a bit more than when he just goes into his ballad areas, which kind of bore me because it's very minimalist and spare with his instrumentation. But um, when he gets the energy a little bit more going, that's when I think Leon really hits his stride. And one album I really did enjoy, though, was uh, Emma Jean Thackeray's uh, Yellow. And she's kind of more of like a psychedelic, jazz, indie pop kind of artist. It's a very bizarre sound, but it's very heavily jazz-influenced, but in a pop structure. So mm-hmm. it's not just like shit tons of freeform. Uh, and the hooks are really good. The instrumentation is beautiful. The production is beautiful. Um, and all the vocal lines are really solid when they pop up. Um, it was an album I wasn't anticipating to enjoy because I've never heard of Emma Jean Thackeray before, and I was just like, well, I need to listen to a sixth album. Let's see what this one has in store. And I just went on the jazz section of Spotify and uh, landed on that and went, holy shit, I am loving this shit. Um, there was a couple EPs uh, that came out, uh, one in particular was uh, Graveside Confessions by Carnifex, uh, Deathcore Legends. Came out with a little four-song EP. Nice, brutal, heavy as fuck. If you enjoy some uh, really solid Deathcore, I would highly recommend it. Um, And while this EP is not out until September, um, Orbit Culture came out with a new uh, single for the EP called Shaman that's going to be coming out in September. The song is Flight of the Fireflies. Kind of sounds a little bit like a B-side to what they did on their previous record, Nisha, but mm-hmm. I loved that record. It was my third favorite record of 2020, my favorite metal record of that year. So, uh, yeah, I loved the shit out of this single, and I'm excited to see where that EP goes. Um, and Lil Nas X came out with Industry Baby with Jack Harlow, and Lil Nas X is a fucking marketing genius. Um, but this album, I mean, this song in particular is just, a straight-up fun-ass banger. Not gonna lie. I think Kanye West on the... I think he co-produced the song. I can't remember who the lead producer was, but I think uh, Kanye's additions of, like, the horns and orchestra parts really helped quite a bit of the song's energy. Uh, Between the Buried and Me came out with another single for their uh, Colors 2 record. Really fast, uh, Greg. Uh, Shout-outs um, to Kanye, too, for not dropping his album. <laughs> I was honestly anticipating, like, considering the uh, listening party was like taking forever for Kanye to actually show up. I'm like, we're gonna have another Life of Pablo situation where the actual album's not gonna be coming out for at least another month. It sounds like so far the next tentative date is August 6th, and I'm like, I'll just believe it when it drops, which I know because Twitter yeah. will just be fucking exploding. Yeah. Uh, so until then, I'm not buying shit. Um, although, <laughs> although it sounds like there's, uh, from what was from the listening party, there was a bunch of really decent features on that might be on the project, including, uh, the return of Jay-Z with Kanye West. So that was interesting. And I think Andre 3000 had a verse somewhere in that listening party. 
So I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. Um, but the uh, Between the Buried and Me uh, came out with their second single for uh, their Colors 2 record. That's going to be coming out, I believe, August. Um, it's called Revolution in Limbo. Uh, really solid uh, prog metal shit. Um, for the not prog metal shit, but uh, kind of more along the lines of metalcore, uh, Bullet from My Valentine, Parasite. Uh, this is definitely some of the heaviest material they've had in the past couple of records, um, especially after their last album, Gravity, which was completely hot Imagine Dragons wannabe sounding ass. Um, uh, Bullet from a Valentine basically sounding like they actually give a shit about metal again, and they're actually kind of doing it pretty well. So kind of excited to see where their self-titled in October goes. But the fact that they've already released two singles, and it's July has me worried they're going to be releasing, like, half the fucking record before it gets released, and that just annoys the piss out of me every time. Uh, <laughs> and I believe the only other single that I wanted to highlight, I guess there's a couple, uh, View to a Fill by Delta Sleep. Uh, they're a really solid UK uh, indie rock band with a little bit of uh, a slight bit more of a technical influence. Um, they're not quite... Their first album was very much in the math rock vein in the way that I didn't care for it as much. Their second album focused a lot more on melodies and structure um, in a way that made their technical abilities, I think, flourish a little bit more than just sound like noodly noodly riff salad. Mm -hmm. And uh, it sounds like this second single is kind of going more in that vein as well. It's a bit more mellow, but it has enough crunch to it that it still has a little bit of an edge. But they definitely have more structure. Uh, for these past couple of singles, so I'm kind of intrigued to see what the entire album is going to sound like. Uh, other singles include James Blake, Say What You Will, uh, Tremonti, If Not For You, and The Ballroom Thieves featuring Lady Lamb, Woman. And I think that is... Oh, and uh, MOL's uh, Photophobic. Okay, now I'm fucking done. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so many singles came out this week that I was like, Jesus Christ fucking christ these are great and then the albums i'm like there's one really good album out of the six and the rest i'm just like uh whatever <laughs> <laughs> all right i mean i i guess we're here volume 17 missy elliott oh shit i forgot <laughs> i didn't I, I i got everything set in the notes except for uh, Missy Elliott. So I'll read it. Missy Elliott, most commonly, uh, sorry, Melissa Arnett's Elliott, most commonly credited as Missy Elliott, is an American rapper, singer, songwriter, and record producer. She embarked on her music career with R&B girl group Sista in the early to mid-90s and later became a member of the Swing Mob Collective along with her childhood friend and longtime collaborator, Timbaland. Timbaland. With whom... Tim... Oh, whatever. I don't give a shit. The man shit. can... Write me, write me a fucking letter, Timbaland. Um, there you go. That's all I was talking With about. whom she worked on projects for American R&B acts. Alia, 702, Total, and SWV. Uh, following... Several collaborations with guest appearances uh, and guest appearances, she launched her solo career on July 15th, 1997 with her debut album, Supa Dupa Fly, which spawned the top 20 single, Socket To Me. 
The album debuted at number three on the Billboard Top 200, the highest charting debut for a female rapper at the time. Elliot's second album, The Real World, was released on June 22nd, 1999 and produced the singles She's a Bitch and All in My Grill. And uh, top five hit Hot Boys. The remix of the later broke the record for most weeks at number one on the U.S. R&B chart and uh, uh, on the issue dated uh, January 15th, 2000, as well as spending 18 weeks at number one on the Hot Rap Singles chart from December 4th, 1999 to March 25th, 2000. With the release of Miss E, dot, 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 So Addictive in 2001, under construction in 2002, and This Is Not a Test in 2003, Elliot established an international career yielding hits including Get Your Freak On, One Minute Man, For My People, Gossip Folks, and Work It. The latter won her a Grammy Award for Best Female Rap Solo Performance. Elliot went on to win four Grammy Awards and sell over 30 million records in the United States. She is the best-selling female rapper in Nielsen Music History, according to Billboard, in 2017. In 2019, she released her first extended play, titled Iconology, became the first female rapper inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, and received the MTV VMA's Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award for her impact on the music video landscape. In 2020, Billboard ranked her at number five, on the 100 greatest music video artists of all time. That comes to us from Wikipedia. That's her full rundown. This was Greg's week, which means it's his honor to start with his uh, feelings on Missy Elliott at the end of the week. All right. It was my week. Um, And I think, granted, I was not exactly expecting this to be our finale, but... um, Honestly, this was probably the best artist I could have asked for to have a finale episode on. I loved the shit out of uh, this week. Um, Primarily because with Missy Elliott, the the reason I wanted to choose Missy Elliott was that I think anybody who knows Missy Elliott and grew up, you know, our ages, you know, we knew the MTV era. We pretty much knew a fair amount of her hits. But I've never really heard, like, her albums ever being in the conversation. It's usually the hits. And, you know, Mm. she had the hits for very good reasons. I liked what I was hearing, but I was like, she technically has, like, six albums to her name, and not one do I ever hear in, like, a great rap albums conversation. And I really kind of wanted to dive deep into, well, is her impact mostly visual, or does she have some kind of impact in the genre as well as a performer? And I would argue very much, yes. And I think a fair amount of that is thanks to Timbaland, because his production is absolutely insane. Uh, even from the early from the early start of uh, Super Dupa Fly, all the way to uh, Cookbook, um, anything that he did with any of her records, it was truly unique and. I can only think of how many people were trying to copy Timbaland's sound and just not 
hitting it the same fucking way that this dude did. It it's insane the run that he fucking had. And two and a little shout out to his first solo record too cuz that actually had some pretty decent songs on it too. Even though that went more in a deliberately pop direction. Uh the second one uh Shock Value 2 I would avoid at all costs. But uh the the first one is actually really solid. Um again, avoid the second one. It's it's a hot mess. <laughs> but back to Missy, back to Missy Elliott. Um the production that Timbaland had was great, but I really wanted to see if Missy Elliott herself uh, as an MC really held up. And while she's not exactly the most lyrically memorable, per se, I can't really say that there was a ton of bars that made me go, oh my god, that was a fucking bar. Just fucking legend status. Her energy is really what sells it. Her animated just inflections, her her flows that could just jump in like just elastic itself into different directions within the song, I think is what really sells it. Missy Elliott is definitely an energy kind of artist and which for me absolutely sold it. And I did make a playlist in which I did post in the discord. So anybody who is in the discord, you can find it under the Missy Elliott uh, channel. Um, a fair amount of the songs I added on the playlist were actually some of the deeper cuts. I mean, I do love uh, I can't the uh, I can't stand the rain song um, off the first album, but also songs like uh, they don't want to fuck with me with Timbaland on a verse as well. Uh, Best friends featuring Aaliyah and uh, the I think it was the closing track. I'm talking uh, again. Her bars, Missy Elliott as a rapper herself. Um, not exactly the most lyrically dense artist, but the way that she like performed it was what was captivating for me. And which, mind you, not only is she a good rapper, I think in that regard, as a singer, I did not realize how much she sang on her records and how good she actually was. I forgot that before she did rapping, she was in like an R and B group, so she had that sort of vocal background that is laced throughout every record that she's done. And it's like, she could go one direction or the other if she wanted to, and I think she would do just fine. But somehow, throughout the albums, especially for, like, the first two in particular, she was able to balance both her, both her hip-hop and R&B sides, I think, really, really well. And the second album, I think, only enhanced that uh, it was, I think, a bit of a step up from Super Duper Fly. It was a bit more experimental, a bit more aggressive in the beats, and Timberland just really fucking went off on the production on this one. Uh, songs that came to mind were, uh, I mean, you know, She's a She's a Bitch, the single, absolutely fantastic, and I think actually has aged considerably well. Um, the song with Eminem on it, not as much, even though I didn't think Eminem's verse was bad. That was 90s Eminem, so... Right. You kind of knew what you were going into, but uh, really, that wasn't. The She's highlight. constantly whispering "Slim Shady" under it. Hey, hey, yeah, Slim that Shady. part actually got that part was a little annoying. I'm like, I'm like, okay, Eminem's going first. Just get his furs out of the fucking way. And then after he did his verse, she would still whisper "Slim Shady." I'm like, unless he has a second verse, please fucking stop. <laughs> that was getting grating. Um, that would be like the one song I think I probably would just skip. <laughs> but on the record, you had Dangerous Mouths with Redman, who's, my God, their chemistry is so fucking good. 
Uh, both of them have such a last, like these really rubbery fucking flows that just bounce all over this beat. And uh, I mean, Redman does have the more uh, lyrical quips uh, than Missy Elliott does, but her energy just matches Redman's perfectly. So like them just trading verses back and forth just worked really well. Mr. DJ with uh, Lady Saw feature, fantastic. Uh, Sticking Chickens uh, with Aaliyah and DeBrat was a really solid one also. I mean, this record just had a ton of fucking stuff. Um, and uh, the So Addictive record, which had Get Your Freak On, uh, I also, I mean, Get Your Freak On, it's a fucking radio classic. I still hear it to this fucking day. Um, it's a I could argue it's slightly over... Oh, it absolutely is, and not goddamn if... Silence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for... Fine. Um, I, I, will, I will concede. Um, because I still like it regardless, but, um, those, I loved that song, but there's also songs like Lick Shots, which I actually forgot about, even though it's like right at the end of the music video. Um, the entire Lick Shots song is just a goddamn banger of a beat and her, her inflections on the chorus just really catch me. It's like, why you front and nah. Like, it reminds me a ton of, like, old-school Busta Rhymes with just how animated her flow is on that song. Uh, For My People featuring Eve, Slap, Slap, Slap with DeBrat and Jade. And, I mean, there's plenty of other really good songs on there. You have One Minute Man. Uh, the Ludacris verse, yes. The remix with Jay-Z, Jay-Z comes off like a fucking loser. Oh, my God, that was probably the one of the worst Jay-Z verses I've ever fucking heard outside of that uh, cake verse that he did with Drake. Like, like she she's done collaborations with Jay Z on on further albums after this, and they are so much better. I do not understand why Drake would just out himself, uh, not Drake, Christ, Jay Z outed himself as like the one minute man. It's like I'm gonna give you sixty seconds of pleasure, and then you're gonna get the fuck out. (laughs) And it's like, dude, (laughs) he ain't got time for that shit, dude. He's he's got a business to run, dude. He's a billionaire, busy man. He's a billionaire. <laughs> he Very basically just—he just basically admits, like, "Hey, I know you're cheating on your husband. I'm just gonna fuck you for a minute, and uh, you can leave." Yeah, that's how much time. That's literally how much time he has for you, and you should be happy you have that minute with Jay. Look, to put it in a way that the kids will understand, Jay Z's here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, you know. It's true, but it's like the polar opposite <laughs> of what like one minute man. Comp- is supposed to fucking be. Look at Greg over here just trying to act like he's here to please women during sex and not just come. Yes. It's yeah, ridiculous. I know. I'm so sorry. Unbelievable. I'm, uh, We're in this for ourselves, okay? <laughs> okay, Mr. DJ. Um, but then uh, Under Construction, I think, is probably my favorite album overall. I think it's probably the most consistent or like cohesive listen. I think it's because Timbaland did take a lot of influence from like more of like an old school hip hop type of approach, especially with a lot of the sample work that was heavy on this record. But um back in the day with Jay-Z, which that's that's the Jay-Z verse we needed. Um Pussycat, um, which it was hilarious reading the lyrics in the Discord. Um but Pussycat, I, I, I actually really liked that song. Um, and her singing on there was great. And of course, the hook, Pussy Don't Fail Me Now. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, classic. 
Um, you also had a slide, which had just this really gnarly fucking bass to it that um, just underneath like this little like Middle Eastern guitar lick that just really hooks you in that that Timbaland honestly is probably one of the best beats I think he's ever made. Um, the next two albums is where it takes a mild dip in quality for me uh, for a couple different reasons. Uh, this is not a test is kind of where it sort of just follows up under construction, but not with a lot of things that are new. And I don't think the songs hit quite as hard. It doesn't mean that there wasn't any good ones. I mean, wake up with Jay-Z was another good one. Keep it moving with elephant man on there was really solid. And the single I'm really hot. I really enjoyed quite a bit, but <laughs> it's, a uh, it's where, uh, the where she has sort of a tough time like balancing the banger hip hop stuff in which of course lyrically is you know she doesn't really have a ton to say i was just like getting shit hype um and then also the like love song ballad stuff where it's becoming a lot less interest in a lot less interesting instrumentally i think it's because Timbaland's not like the sole producer on the record this time around there are a couple other ones including Missy Elliott herself in which I think all the production work is good. It just isn't that cohesive of a listen, and none of the high points quite reach that of previous records. Um, the Cookbook does have some really solid high points, like uh, the Lose Control single, which, uh, God, I miss Fat Man Scoop so much. <laughs> it's not like he's not inactive. He was on that last uh, Yellow Claw record, um, and that was the only good song that was on it. But, uh, I mean, his voice is just so goddamn infectious. As soon as you hear it, you're just like, you have to, like, lose your shit. He's the pinnacle of um, hype man, dude. He, he really is. Like, you think Little John's, like, the hype man? No, Fat Man Scoob. Little John's takes just that. drunk, dude. Yeah. Like, but, Fat Man Scoob is just straight up hype man shit. Like, let's go! Absolutely. Like, let's just hype. Get your ass on the wall now! Get your ass on the wall now! Like, just, like... <laughs> Hearing that, like, to a beat, you're just like, I'll do whatever you say! Like, you know. <laughs> just don't hurt me! <laughs> no, not even that. It's just like, yes, my leader. Like, yeah, you're the boss. It, like, that song was, like, Lose Control, I think, is one of those, just like, Get Your Freak On. I've probably heard, like, a thousand times, and yeah, I could still listen to it and be like, yep, this is still dope. I've never listened to it on my monitors, though, and that was, like, an experience. Holy shit. Oh, yes. Dude, I listened to it through these headphones and I was like, I was just on a walk and my, I was trying to not look like a fucking idiot with my head just going like <laughs> on my walk. I'm like, God damn it. This was a bad time to start listening to this record. Um, uh, another couple of songs I liked were uh, My Struggles with Mary J. Blige and Grand Pooba. Uh, both of them had some really solid verses. Even Mary J. Blige rapped for some reason on this song, but was actually pretty decent. Um, and of course her singing, it's Mary J fucking Blige. It's fantastic. Right. Um, and the song on and on, which I think was another single from this record. I remember it actually played at the end of the lose control video. Um, and they did like a little snippet of that, which was something that Missy Elliott did a lot with her music videos. Now thinking about it, but, um, that song was really hype. Uh, there was a couple other ones, especially toward the end. I think it was, uh, it featured M.I.A., which I actually didn't realize M.I.A. Uh, MIA was a feature at the end of the record. Um, I think it was uh, Bad Man, and that beat with a bunch of the marching snares there was fantastic. 
But like the previous record, while the high points were th- there on the cookbook, uh, the balance between hype as fuck songs versus the ballads were not a very cohesive listen. It definitely jumped a lot more on this record, and instrumentally, it wasn't as interesting. And I think it was because, like the la- the one before, Timbaland was not the sole producer, so there was like a bunch of jumping around. And again, I don't think any of the production work itself was bad. It just came off more as like a collection of interesting songs, more so than a cohesive album. And then after that, she, uh, due to some health issues, I think she, because she had a Graves disease, um, and that put her out of work for a while. Um, So she had very small amounts of songs that she did. Uh, She had a... she did a couple songs for the, uh, God, what was it? The Step Up movies, like the second one. Um, and there were a couple songs off that soundtrack she did. I remember uh, Chingaling and Shake Your Pom Pom, uh, which both of them are actually pretty decent. I didn't remember liking them back when they first came out, but of course, uh, I was like 14 at the time, so clearly I didn't know fucking better. Um, and she's come out with some sparse singles up until the Iconology EP, which was also really pretty good. Uh, Triple Threat and Ninth Inning, both having Timbaland on the hooks, uh, were really solid. Uh, Where They From, featuring Pharrell Williams, was a really solid song in which everyone thought that when that was released in 2015 that she was going to come out with an album or something and just nothing came after that, except for like a couple okay singles afterward. I'm like, God damn it, there's not going to be a record. Um, and then the Iconology EP was pretty decent. Uh, again, not like experiment. At this point, uh, Missy Elliott and Timbaland's influence on like alternative hip-hop and alternative soul uh, has kind of evolved to a different stage that I don't think Missy Elliott's quite caught up with yet. But uh, all the songs that she does on this EP is just four songs. Um, it are still pretty good. I'm, I'd be intrigued to see what she would do on the next... Uh, like a full-fledged album, just because I know that if she, Timbaland, Pharrell, Neptunes, um, just kind of came together and just wanted to fuck some shit up, they could absolutely do that. And Missy Elliott herself as a producer is also really solid as well. So now that I've done rambling through like all the albums and songs uh, that I really liked, uh, in, in summation, um, I really really enjoyed listening to Missy Elliott quite a bit. I didn't really know what to expect listening to all the albums from front to back, but um, I also didn't go in expecting, like, a fucking, you know, Meg the Stallion-level punchlines or uh, fucking, or, like, Little Kim punchlines either. Um, in terms of lyrical dexterity, Missy Elliott is not quite that type of MC, but her energy, her uh, flows, just her, the way that she's able to ride these beats and also her singing capabilities, uh, just balancing both her rapping and her singing is just immaculate. And I could see why she was influential on more than just the visual level, which you can see to so many goddamn music videos now. Her, Busta Rhymes, some of those like really more animated 90s rappers who really took music video games to the next level. 
there's a reason why Missy Elliott is cited a lot, like the Wikipedia said, when it comes to music video artistry. But I think on a music level, yeah, on a music level too, I think her, and I mean, we have to mention Timbaland just because of how involved he was in her career as well, but... Right, Missy Elliott is basically a band composed of Missy Elliott and and Timbaland. Timbaland. Yeah, yeah, 100%. First, yeah. But, like, them together is just, like, the fucking powerhouse that truly brought alternative hip-hop to, I think, really a different mainstream door. Like, it really allowed that type of sound to really just blow up in the mainstream and sort of take uh, form in different ways since then. So, yeah. Fantastic week for me, personally. Um, Which one of you want to go next? Drew, do you want to close or shall I? How about you close, Bryce? I'll just go next. Okay. Um. Also, like, I'm hoping I don't Greg out and cough a shitload because I'm getting over a cold. But that's okay. We all love tables you. have don't turned. I know, right? I think we'll be okay. Uh, I'll try and conserve my cough. My, my allergies have just digitally been sent your way. I hit the floor today, great. so I'm feeling a little better, but. Someone, you know, who takes Flonase when he gets colds, you know. Anyways, um, so yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that. That's why I feel great. And yes, I should have listened to you guys sooner. Yada, yada, <laughs> fucking okay, yada. It's all right. We don't hold against you. I listened to all six albums um, in her catalog. Um, and uh, I've heard What the Fuck with Pharrell Williams. Uh, I actually used to play some remixes of it back in the day. I really liked this week with Missy Elliott, and I'm kind of glad it's the closer um, for the season because um, it's just cool, like kind of going back and like listening to what I grew up on. Um, because there's, like, I mean, I didn't really deep dive into her discog ever before, and so I was really excited to do it because of that. Um, but you know, like, I didn't really, uh, you know, realize how often she came up in my life until it would just spark a nostalgic memory for me. And like how much Timbaland and and Missy influenced my production and my taste in music really, because they're, I I didn't even realize like a subconscious, like huge influence on me. Um, That kind of like dark, um, scary yet warm and comforting style of music. You know what I mean? Like, um, it was, it had like a little bit of some gangsta attitudes. It had sensuality. It had sexuality. It had, um, danceable beats and emotional songs. Like, um, and it was just them, you know, it's like they, they created a little universe like that. You get to go in on each album. And, uh, like, I mean, obviously like it makes sense that like, Timbaland didn't have as much to do with anything on the albums, like, further on, but, like, you know, Super Duper Fly, The Real World, Missy So Addictive, like, I remember my friend had the Missy So Addictive album cover, like, he had, he had the CD, and I would always look at it and be like, that's such a cool album artwork, and she's so cool. I used to think she was just, like, a superhero, and, like, seeing her in Busta Rhymes and all these crazy, wacky music videos when I was younger, and just being like, God, rap is so cool. Like, this is what I love, like, about rap, you know? It's just, like, artsy, 
like wild style attitudes and like there's like Jamaican influences in it that you're getting through this. Like there's just so much like culture that you're just getting a taste of through the music. And like, so I guess I'll start with super duper fly. I like the Busta opens it all up with flip mode and like, yeah, cause I, I did deep dive Busta like a long time ago. And I listened to all of his flip mode and all of his discog. He has so much stuff. It's insane. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's like one of those rappers that he's like Missy in this way where like no one really ever holds either of those artists in high standards for like lyricism to the point of like, this is just the most insane lyrics I've ever heard. Like amazing, blah, blah, blah. But their flow, like their flow, like both of them, are like flow machines like and i love that 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 starts it off with that then you got some little kim in there on that first album you get a little genuine which obviously it's like so a lot of these artists are like just basically to blend call making in calls you know what i mean to try and i think maybe help out missy or something because like he'd obviously been working with a lot of those people and dude like it it pops off and it's like you're starting to see like why these two are just a dynamic duo and then the real world comes out and um i actually really liked the one with eminem in it because like missy kind of changed her flow up to kind of match m and mm-hmm. i really liked because she actually tried a little harder i think on her verses to like have some more like kind of crazy lyricism in it and stuff i really wasn't listening to m's verse too much um i mean it was good like i i as far as M goes, like late nineties, early two thousands, Eminem is like my favorite and only Eminem I really would listen to. Um, <laughs> I don't really like his newer stuff, to be honest. Like it just didn't do much for me. I liked it when it was just he was just an asshole and like just make just absolutely just being a straight up MC, just playing with words basically, and just like basically putting the dictionary in a body bag. Like I like that kind of Eminem a lot more. Um, I really like that stuff with uh, Outcast on it. Like all in my grill is really fun. Um, Mr. DJ is okay, even though you guys are referencing me as Mr. DJ. But uh, I like she's a bitch. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like there's definitely some fun stuff on that album as well. Um, I don't know, uh, Missy So Addictive was just the fucking banger for me, though. Like, I mean. I really enjoyed like a lot of this whole album like slap 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 actually slapped on my low end too like that was kind of funny um dude playing that on my car speakers I'm like Jesus fucking cr-. I forgot how loud I had it and yeah. my bass is turned up and I'm just like fuck I like dog and heat too with red man and method man on it like meth just has like such a good flow um mm. he's like the flow machine like Anytime you hear Method Man, you're like, oh, this is going to sound really good. Even if he doesn't say anything, like, in his verse, it'll still just sound really good with how he spits yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, he has one of those super recognizable voices. And, and Red Man, too, which I feel like he doesn't get as much credit as Method Man. But, like... Matt's voice, for me, is both, just... Both I, I like Matt's voice better than Red Man. Yeah. Like, it's just why... And also, I and also Meth- Method Man's with Wu-Tang. So, I mean... Of course, he's gonna get more recognition, but well, like course, Red, yeah. Red Man too, I think is just like he's got he, he's he got recognition. I mean, like there's there's yeah. a lot. Of, I think there's like the Wu Tang Chronicles or something like that, where it's like Method Man and Red Man and like Raekwon the Chef and shit like that. Like, yeah, um, 
And that was a really good little off of Wu-Tang. But anyways, back to Missy. Um, Under Construction, I really liked a lot. Um, I, all these albums I really liked a lot, to be honest. Like, I'm not going to be able to go through any of this and be like, that album wasn't that good. Like, they all just were fun in their own way. Um, I like that Missy kind of was like, but trying to go back to the roots with hip-hop, but then throughout the album, she's still kind of like pushing new sounds like yeah so she was like going like yeah i'm gonna go back to the old school and then it's not boom bap at all it's like production wise there's like a lot of really cool stuff going on and i was like thank god timberland's like remember who you're producing with here yeah (laughs) yeah you're producing with the fucking future man dude like guy just makes futuristic sounds like in the late 90s and early 2000s that like the sample, the sample work done on this record, though, I think really has to be acknowledged because really up until that point, Timbaland, and, and maybe I just haven't been paying that close attention, but I don't think he really worked as heavily with samples as he did with Under Construction. Under Construction you probably just didn't recognize him, to be honest, because he definitely does. It's just like he was doing a lot of what a lot of other producers weren't doing, which was modulating and like altering samples, like pitching them mm-hmm. and like making them into the song as opposed to like having like a beat on one turntable with like the sample on the other that he was chopping up you know what i mean like it was like he was making productions with like samples built into it and shit like and although he's really good with synthesis and producing great drum patterns and all that shit he definitely was doing stuff there um so randomly enough for this is not a test um that toys interlude like as short as it was was like a fucking bop to me for some reason i was literally just like yo like i really liked that that was a pretty good song off the record yeah and it was supposed to be like an interlude type thing and i was still like okay like and i was finding that several of the interludes in that album were like fucking good as like because i usually hate interludes and rap albums like i used to be like oh great here comes the fucking interlude and, like, there's a few albums that I really like the interludes in. Like, I think, like, Doggy Style had some really fun, silly interludes in it. Um, but that's just because it had, like, Parliament Funkadelic vibes mixed in. But, like, I really like the interludes yeah. in these because they were actually, like, songs that were, like, interludes that were, like, good. Um, because you have, like, yeah. Timbaland still having a fair amount of influence on it even then, you know. And then The Cookbook... Um, I just, I listened to it and was like, man, I really wish, like, she kept going because she was, she had her eyes and her ears on artists that were just fucking so sick. Like, the fact she had MIA on her thing in 2005, and MIA didn't really, like... that threw me. I'm like, I'm like, wait, MIA was on here? I mean, like, she had, like, Paper Planes? When did Paper Planes come out? Because that was, like, her... That was 2007, 2008, I think. But she did have an album in, like, 2005. Yeah, 2007. She she did have stuff before that. So, like, dude, she knew and was like, yeah, I want MIA on my shit, like, in 2005. It's fucking crazy. Like, and, um... Honestly, the Mike Jones feature as on the intro wasn't that bad either. I actually forgot about Mike Jones. Man. Mike Jones is Mike Jones. Oh, man. I'm like, oh yeah. shit. Yeah, the man and also dude. Slick Rick's feature. Like, honestly, Slick Rick had some underappreciated uh, 2000s uh, features. That one included, Slick but Rick's also just uh, a fucking a goat in the rap game. Confirmed. Like, dude, dude, do you remember uh, Chameleon Air's uh, Hip Hop Police? 
Maybe. Have you heard that song? I might have. I think it sounds familiar. Yeah. Did that have yeah, Slick, Slick Rick, Rick on had it? a verse? Yeah. Yeah, Slick Rick had a verse on there, and I um, was like, "What the fuck? How is how is this old timer kicking it this hard?" And mind you, that was my thirteen-year-old brain. And now I'm going back and going, Slick Rick really makes the song because he knows how to fucking storytell with any feature yeah. he's on. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know he's like he's fucking legendary. Like he just yeah, I don't know. And he was like kept it pretty fucking clean too, which is weird. Like. Like and it, yeah. it wasn't like a, I'm trying to be clean like weirdo shit. It was just like this is just how I decided to write my stuff. I don't need to throw fuck in the n word and a bunch yeah. of other stuff in my verse. I mean, don't, like, don't get me wrong. He he framed it a little differently. Like uh, treat her like a prostitute. Treat her like a prostitute. To to treat yeah, her but like, like he's not really swearing though. Like he's using no. just words. You know, like yeah. No, pro- prostitute is a swear. Is it? <laughs> no. no, I didn't think so. No, but yeah. like, just like um, the way that he was able to frame, like, basically very adult content, but without going into the the cuss territory. Yeah, um, was was really impressive. I don't know. It's cool that like Missy is this timeless though, and I enjoyed it as much as I did because like sometimes when I listen to older rap stuff, I'm always less like trying really hard to enjoy it, but also kind of rolling my eyes because like it just feels really outdated to me. But like maybe it's because this was, I kind of grew up on it. But even then, like. Some of the songs that like are hits for her still get played in a lot of places like like clubs, you know, there's still remixes being done by her of her stuff like and uh younger kids still fuck with that shit and like that's kind of like it's cool because like you know a lot of the other stuff that was more mainstream from my childhood I feel like um for rap is not as like pop like 50 cent does not get banged in the club anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like, and that was that gangster yeah. shit. And like, you knew it was just going to come and go like with his stuff or like, um, you know, like all these people that were just kind of making like hits, but then Missy Elliott was out here with Timbaland in this fucking dynamic duo making shit that was meant to be art and like art compared to like, some of these just hit maker type tracks, like you can tell which ones are going to stand the test of time. I feel like sometimes and like in this case, it kind of did like, like, yeah, yeah. Those, some of those songs are still fucking bangers. Like, today, yeah. so. like, like I can easily tell what era, like if, like if I just blindly put these on, I could easily say like, Oh yeah. Super duper flies a nineties record or, you know, Missy E so addictive is a two thousands record. But like, it's date like you can tell the era, but it doesn't sound like it's just trapped in that era. No, nah, like Hot like, Boys, no Hot, really... Hot Boys. I played it like when I was still at the strip club. Like that song still bangs. Like I was playing it up next to like hit tracks that were like just out, and then I would slip that song in there, and no one even batted an eye. Like someone else would be like, "Yo, play me some stuff like that." And I'm like, "What do you mean, like Missy Elliott?" And they're like, "I don't know. You're just playing great songs." And I'm like. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it really does stand the test of time, um, for sure. Um, yeah, and, like, you could tell the era if you're familiar with her stuff, but it's just good fucking songs, like, simple as yeah. that. So, anyways, I'm going to stop it there. Bryce, go ahead, man. 
Bring us uh, home. Out of the three of you, I am definitely the the one someone could least classify as a, a hip hop head. Hip hop was not a part of my childhood, even though it was certainly happening during that time. It just wasn't anything that anybody in my house had an interest in. Uh, there are a bunch of hip hop artists today that I really like, that I really enjoy. As far as my week with Missy Elliott goes, uh, I think Timberland, Timberland, I think that guy makes good rap beats as far as I can tell. Um, it's good to hear that you guys felt that way about it too. As far as Missy Elliott goes, her lack of, uh, interesting things to say uh definitely uh worked against my enjoyment of her records for the most part i felt like every time I, I she figured invited... that was gonna be the thing that like if there's one thing that bryce is gonna hate about these is that the fact that missy doesn't really have a lot of interesting ways to say things <laughs> i it's, i wouldn't it's, hate it's how wrong... she says it but not the way that she words it Hates the wrong word because I, you know, I kind of agree with you that she's an interesting and dynamic performer and and persona package more than anything. Like, you know, to talk only about her music, I think, is ignoring kind of the biggest part of her legacy. Like, the music video is her medium uh, more than than I think these records even are. I think Timbaland does a great job with making the songs and if you examine it as timbaland and missy elliott are the package which is true in a lot of ways but isn't really true in some ways because there are a lot of tracks particularly in her later career that he's not really involved with um then yeah missy elliott's great if you are exam if if i'm to examine missy elliott on her own purely as as a rapper I think she's okay. Uh, I and I think her, her biggest issue is that she doesn't. Her writing is the, her writing is the big issue for me. Where it's just kind of like I felt like none of the songs had particularly interesting things to say, or even really particularly interesting ways of saying them. Uh, it was a lot of songs about going out to the club and finding a guy to have sex with and then taking them home and having sex with them. And then afterwards, maybe doing the same thing again. And then that was the end of the song. Uh, and then she would move on to another song and it would be kind of the same thing. I say all of this with full disclosure and full understanding that the fact that I, a 29-year-old white guy living in 2021, am not the intended audience for Missy Elliott's music. And she straight up says it several times on her records. She straight up says it's it's a very women's empowerment thing. She's making records that are as hard and sort of nasty and in your face as the men's <clears throat> records, but from a female perspective and that's her her mission here and i think she does that for sure i mean i'm not going to be like oh it's uh, uh, men's records would never be like that there are tons of men's records where all they talk about is going out to the club and fucking chicks and 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 shit like that too it's definitely uh i think as far as that being her mission it succeeds but for me uh i wouldn't 
I wouldn't say at any point I was like, I got to shut this off. This is terrible. I hated this or whatever. My, I was very baseline throughout the week where I was kind of like, yeah, this is fine. Um, these beats seem, seem good. If you can quantify that, I guess. But I felt like every time she invited, uh, a guest onto one of her tracks, the guest had the most interesting part of the song, uh, almost without fail. Uh, because I feel like everybody that she invited on was better at rapping than she is. Um, from a, admittedly a limited place uh, for me to speak, because again, out of all three of us, I am I am the least hip hop heady out of all of us. But um, that's You're so generally... not heady, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, generally, uh, through my listen through the six albums, I agree with you guys. I thought so addictive was the one where she got closest to like this is really solid, and there's a lot of stuff here that's uh, you know kind of uh, interesting and fun to listen to or whatever. But honestly, like, when it comes to the albums, I think if we're, if we're rating Missy Elliott as Missy Elliott and Timbaland, uh, then Missy Elliott uh, makes up about 10% of the equation for me, and, and uh, Timbaland makes up like 90% of the equation for me. Uh, and I think rating her on her own, I'm like, yeah, I mean, she's fine, but she seems like very much of the time. Like she seems like a champion in kind of a weak division as far as like a Ronda Rousey type to make a UFC, uh, example where it's like, yeah, she was huge and best in the world. And, and this whole, and this monumental force in a time where there wasn't really a lot of lady R and B hip hop going on. And, and, and this whole sort of idea wasn't really, uh, something where there was a lot of competition in that run, uh, because she, or, uh, she basically has no bars at all <laughs> throughout her entire career. Uh, there isn't really much for me where i was like oh that's great it was a lot of like okay yeah i mean great pussy <laughs> uh and and uh that's all for shaving your chocha yeah well, you know whatever you're talking about oh still she's still talking about her pussy wow okay uh <laughs> and uh, you know maybe i'm lost in it i i would love for you guys to to uh to sort of um you know, tell me I'm super wrong about everything, but I mean, uh, I mean, I get where you're coming from uh, on a topic level. I mean, Missy Elliott doesn't exactly have the most diverse way of saying things, but I guess the way that I think Drew and I enjoyed it was more like the energy that was coming from it because we went into it knowing that Missy Elliott was not exactly the most lyrically dexterity, like didn't have the most. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, most dexterity lyrically but the way like like how she was expressing how she was saying it was the most interesting part along with the instrumentation that granted was mostly with Timbaland for like the first four records and then the last two was where it, she branched out a lot more and which actually I didn't realize how much of the records she actually produced herself um, actually, uh, Lose Control was Missy Elliott's production, which I had no idea was just her, but, like, that beat fucking slaps. It, like, goes, it's, like, um, breaks, it's, like, straight up old school breaks, like, in a hip-hop yeah. beat is fucking cool, but, I mean, like, Missy Elliott, like, uh, yeah, the, the lyrical, the lyricism, definitely, I agree, 
not there. I guess how Greg and I listen to it uh, is more kind of like a feel and how Greg said it's like how she says things. Um, so if like that, it if that, has- if, it, if you just don't feel that, you just don't feel that. And that's fine. Like there's no, well, there's and, no and so, and hip hop. Cause the other thing too, is that not for me also, um, was that not only was like her rapping, like energy and her presentation, like really out there in comparison to other rappers of the time, but also like her singing too. Like, again, I forgot how much she sang on her own records, and she actually was very good on her own hooks. Kind of reminds me of Biggie Smalls a little bit, like, in the way of, like, how she is an R&B rapper. Like, where Biggie, obviously, was more of the hip-hop side wanting to be an R&B singer. Um, Missy was an R&B singer wanting to be a rapper. So, like, she has that... So, so they, they kind of meet in the middle there with, like, this incredible flow. Like... That's why I like Biggie so much is because of his flow. Yeah. Like his lyricism, his his lyricism is just like a bunch of wordplay. You know what I mean? Like he's he definitely has some songs with some content, but he doesn't storytell really, except for like a few of his tracks. Like most of it's just like on the block, fucking spitting. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah it's some great multisyllabic fucking rhymes and all kinds of really interesting flows. But yeah, but it really just comes down to the flow. And, like, what words you fucking, like, stretch out and, like, make it into a drum. You know what I mean? Make it into a rhythm and, like, do interesting things that kind of just, like, um, express yourself and who you are. And, like, I don't think that, I mean, like, I think sometimes, like, some people listen to rappers who have a very interesting life or story or lyrics. Um, for me, I, I'm a feel I'm a feel kind of person. I like feel in my songs, like. If it doesn't, if I don't feel anything uh, from what you're saying, um, it just doesn't do it for me. So, like, when people have extraordinary rhyme structure and lyrics, for me, it's not as important to me as, yeah, but does it make me feel anything when you rap? And if it doesn't, then I don't really enjoy it. But that's that's all preference, though. Like, Like, Bryce, you probably listen to something different when you listen to rap. Yeah, like I enjoy me, I enjoy me some Aesop Rock, who is arguably the most dense fucking rapper on the planet. I don't like him. But I will also, I, I can understand. Yeah. Um, but like I can go from Aesop Rock to a Chief Keef at any given point, and they're completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But like Chief Keef is nothing but energy. And granted, not like a whole Chief Keef album, but you know what? I, I think Waka Flocka <laughs> would be an even better comparison because Waka Flocka is literally all energy. Like, I freak squad! Flocka, Flocka, Flocka! Here Flocka. comes the bullshit! Yeah. Like, his, his verse on, uh, what was it, MGK's Wild Boy? Like, that was the only reason that song was even remotely good. And on the music video, it was like, do you rap? Oh, fuck no! <laughs> But look, like, I, look, hey, hey, Angie's to cut you off there, I'm not out here saying that there aren't other artists who have nothing to offer lyrically, okay? That's not what I am saying. <laughs> <laughs> All I am saying is that for me, hip-hop, for me, is this uh, uh, genre where I am not a person who has that sort of, like, the production on the song was like, what? Like, I'm not one of those dudes. And so for me, hip hop always seems like it's focused around funneling me towards 
what the figure in the middle is saying, what the rapper is saying. Yeah. And so that's what I tend to focus on with rap because that's what it seems focused around. And every time I did that with Missy Elliott, I was like, okay. I like, I, I mean, mean I yeah, guess. but for me, like I, yeah. I, for me, I enjoyed it even from like just a rapper standpoint. Yeah. And because for me, it's all just about rocking the mic. Simple as that. Like, yeah, if you do a good job with what you do and, and I'm feeling it, like it doesn't really matter what you're saying. Like, it's just if you're rocking the mic, you're rocking right. the mic. The, the point, the point yeah. I am trying to make is I didn't feel at any point yeah. like she was rocking the mic for me. I don't really but feel like there's any need to try and change right. your mind about that either. Like, I don't know yeah. if, no. if that was like that wasn't your intent anyways, but maybe you were looking for some clarity. Yeah. And I think the clarity is, is you're allowed right. to not be super impressed or like really into what Missy was saying or rapping about or anything. I do. I do think what, what's impressive about her is as, as a star figure, uh, and in within the music video world as well, I think is, is something I don't think anyone could ever take away from her, but as a personality, as a star figure, I think she's something really special, uh, at a really important time. Uh, and I think she helped, um, I mean, it, rock and roll had a, this real problem with it when it was going about seeming like something that was evenly for males and females. And there were definitely efforts, uh, made, uh, to have female stars in rock and roll. And there are definitely un undoubtable absolute female stars in rock and roll, but it's still very, very lopsided. And I think people coming out pretty early into the hip hop genre, uh, being big female stars for the genre helped to give us the landscape that we have today where hip hop feels like a medium that is not only still for the people to a certain extent, uh, but also uh, is for both males and females yeah uh, and, and just in sort a way of to, that rock and roll just never was despite some very serious efforts by some incredibly talented people yeah and, and just to point out too like it's not like missy elliott was like the reason that like female rap no. in the 90s got big but it, she was kind of like leading she was like the the catalyst that was leading up to that point because we also had you know lil kim with right. uh, big you had uh you also had like Salt and Pepper, Queen Latifah, MC Light. Like you had a bunch I of that ones Queen Latifah rapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and honestly, her rap back then actually was pretty decent. But of mm -hmm. course, now nowadays you wouldn't even associate her with that anymore. You'd be like, "Uh, wait, what? She she did that? Would you recognize her for that now? Like the way that Missy Elliott presented herself." in comparison to every other artist beforehand was like just the very out there type of artist. Uh, and again, I think the visual aspect definitely helped as well in, in the full package of things, but like the way that she uh, was rapping and the production that she was over, she really just stood out and just broke open the door for this different alternative version of hip hop and R and B fusions that really at the time weren't as explored, I think, in the way that they were doing it, both Missy Elliott and Timbaland together. But I but we under but like kind of going back to what you're saying, like I get like if you're going into hip hop looking more for the lyrical substance type of thing, 
Missy Elliott is absolutely not going to do that for you. It's rhythm and poetry, right? Like where I I, I missed the poetry. With her <laughs> uh, to but, but a, like, a great I, I, I get that personally. Um, yeah. So it's not like I'm going to shit on you for not liking Missy Elliott because how dare you just focus on the words? Like <laughs> how dare you focus on the one thing that the music is asking you to focus on? <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Uh, focus on all the set dressing around it. It's like, uh, I don't know. Um, tell me how many slaps then, Greg. For me, um, yeah. it's going to be uh, the season finale here. Um, it's going to be my second five. Wow. I, I, I know. I rarely ever give this shit out. Um, there were other artists I was very heavily debating on doing fives for, but I don't know. Missy Elliott, I just enjoyed very fully. Um, and I think I would probably get some of her records on vinyl if I ever catch them in a record store somewhere. They were all um, released on vinyl for what it's worth. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's just, I, I like going through record stores and just trying to find them that way before I'm like, all right, final order it online. Fuck it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I just really enjoyed everything I heard. And I, I kind of realized throughout this week just how much of an impact missy elliott sort of had uh from her beginnings to music even now the way that alternative hip-hop and r&b fusions have really evolved since then but no one's really approached it the same way that missy elliott has and granted you can throw timbaland with her and the bus because obviously the first four records are primarily them together right but um, and that was like the strongest impact uh, that she had after the first two records, which still had a good amount of impact and were still good, just not as good. But point being that really, I don't think anyone has even come close to what Missy Elliott and Timbaland have done. And granted, the scene is much different now and just approached differently, but it would be almost nice to see someone sort of taking those influences and really adding that to the modern landscape. And it's not like Missy Elliott's retired. She's just not as active, but I would be thoroughly excited if she announced a new record. So yeah, Missy Elliott is five for me. Five slaps. She's two for me. Uh, I think she's okay. Uh, And I've, I found throughout the week, I was like, this is okay. I am completely whelmed at best by this uh but i've made all my reasons for mm, that i am thoroughly whelmed yeah basically <laughs> i mean throughout the week i was like yeah this is fine i think this I is fine for under, what this I is i am over i am just vietnamese whelmed yeah uh, this is about what i expected uh so drew where are you on missy elliott it's gonna be a five from me dog wow yeah. I would high-five you through the camera here, Drew. I would be like, psych! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would high-five you back after that, though. Yeah, I'd fucking, <laughs> fucking back-slap fucking back you. <laughs> and then I'd kiss you. All right. Um. So, and, wait. Oh. What? Whoa. <laughs> Some homo? Not fully no, no. homo? Um. Anyways. Uh, no. So, yeah, it's a five for me. Um... I knew that I was going to really enjoy it because of uh, Timbaland's production on it. Um, it's a part of her as an artist is the productions that she rapped on. So we just, I just can't take that away from her. Um, her as a rapper, 
as well. Um, it just felt really good. Like a lot of the stuff she rapped about and her singing and like, um, yeah, there's just so many bangers out there too that like, like I said, are timeless. I really enjoyed it. Um, I will listen to Missy Elliott again for sure because I have been before this episode. I just now know more songs that are kind of a tune that I want to maybe dive back into at some point and pick apart more, maybe even remix something in the future. Um, yep. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, I'd say pick a new artist, but we're here at the uh, the <laughs> impromptu season finale of the show uh, because uh, we got to take some time we off. Will, but, we uh, will make this on the record that the next person to pick was going to be me. It was going to be you. So when we come back again for season two, I will be picking the artist. You will still, you will still be caught off guard at the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be like, wait, it was my week. Oh, Tune in shit. for season two, episode one, Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> how, do, we're, how does Weird Al qualify for you? I'm just kidding. I was just trying to name yeah, something silly. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> if I say that, I'm pretty sure that disqualifies immediately for everyone here. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I too sure. was a dork. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> was wasn't everybody look I'm if cool there's now. one thing we can say on the show it's uh put weird al in the rock and roll hall of fame that's what we're looking for here and uh everything else is second and, and the po and the polka hall of fame too yeah yeah come on put it put, put polka on the fucking map brother <laughs> It is true. Uh, uh, all right. All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're going to be out of here for a while. Uh, we'll come back and then dust the cobwebs off when things make a little more sense for some of yeah, us. Yeah, I'll be right back. Uh, I got to go buy uh, a pack of cigarettes down at the market. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get some milk. I'll be right back. <laughs> yep. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful adventure. We'll be back. When we're back with volume 18, to be determined, uh, please subscribe, uh, you know, tell your friends, share it around, uh, go back and relive all of our first season episodes. Music is better with friends, as we always say on this show. But for now and until then, your favorite band is out there. Go and find them. Join the goddamn Discord. Yeah, join the Discord. Discord, uh, tinyurl.com slash rock of shame. <laughs>